You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Well, Christmas, I, I don't know about you, but it's, I just love, I love the vibe of Christmas. There's just something about it that I just, I can't wait for every year. I mean, it's the presents, it's the food, it's the gatherings, it's the Christmas music. Um, I start playing Christmas music in October. I do. I love Christmas music. My staff hates me for it. I mean, like when the temperature goes below 60, I'm cranking it. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And the, they, they're just like, close your door <laughs> kind of thing. But I just love it. I love everything about the Christmas season the, the, and, and even the decorations. How many of you like the decorations that you see, the changes around your neighborhood? How many of you decorate your homes to some extent? Okay, how many of you decorate the outside of your homes to some extent? Okay, and how many of you have neighbors that do the same thing? How many of you have neighbors that decorate their homes so badly that at two in the morning it looks like the, the strip in Las Vegas? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, many of us do. Um, one of the things that I like to do is we, we have a, a cul-de-sac and a couple of our homes are decorated, but every year we kind of find a, a, a neighborhood that we can drive through and kind of go, ooh, ah, even as old people, we still do that. And we look at all these lights and we, wow, that's really creative. Um, and I know many of you do that too. There are several families that I know just yesterday, you know, went to different places. Um, there's a place by my house and it's on the uh, other side of the river. It's off of Century, I don't know, the, it's like Battle Creek. Maybe it's Maplewood, but it's Century Road, just south of 94. Um, there's, a, there's a little neighborhood you go in, and all the homes kind of look, they, they look like this. You know, they're just really nice, nicely decorated. And it's one of those neighborhoods that people turn their lights off and drive through really slowly. There isn't necessarily music, but it's just really, you know, this, you, you get to the end and you look back and you see the whole street lit up like this. Last year and, and this year as well, there was one guy, he must have been new to the neighborhood, because at the very end of the block, he did this with his house in decorating. <laughs> Ask me, right there. <laughs> just ditto to everything that that guy uh, just said, yeah. But these light displays, if you've seen, like if you were here early enough to see the, piano, the countdown piano player and it lighting up the whole neighborhood and the synchronized musical thing, um, that takes an am amazing amount of work and preparation. I don't know if you knew this, um, but first, to do some, a, a musical thing like that with lights synced up like that, you have to start right after Christmas to buy potentially thousands and thousands of dollars worth of lights, tons and tons of lights. Even at, this, at discounts, you're going to spend tons of money. So you figure out, you get the lights, you figure out what music you're going to use, and if you decide to play the music outside your house, you also have to check if the copyright allows you to play it publicly, because not, you can't just crank it outside your house for a display. You have to check the copyright. And once you get that all straightened out, you're going to need a minimum of 64 channels of lights. So a channel is, is a grouping of lights. So you'll have a 64 channels of lights, you've got to buy a controller that's going to handle thousands, if not millions, of lights for your display. 
You'll need to program. Uh, you'll need a program and an app like um, Lightorama or D Lights. I don't get a residual from that. Just know that they exist. But you got need a program to begin the process of syncing the music to the different light groups, and give yourself two to six months of prep time before you can expect your light show to be fully operational. You're finally there. Think of it. All the work, all the money, all the expense, and you're ready to begin the show. Then all of a sudden, the evergreen tree with the, light, the, the white lights is flashing instead of the ash tree with the blue lights. And then the star above your door lights up, and it doesn't turn on or off at the right time. And then you smell smoke. And another month of troubleshooting when the bulbs begin breaking and the connections get out of sync with the music and the programming, and it just becomes this total chaos. And to me, brain surgery, I think, would be easier. But think about that, though. When, when those kinds of preparations, when those light shows work, they're great. When they don't work, it's frustrating, if not embarrassing. And I just think that that light show set up and all of that, I think that's just a great illustration of life, isn't it? It's a great illustration of your life. When your life is synced up, when things are happening and you just feel like, oh, this is, things are going well in my relationships, in my job, I'm getting a promotion, I'm doing different things in the community. When things are synced up, you feel loved, you feel valued and honored. But when your life is out of sync, many of you know what that's like. It can be frustrating at the least, devastating at the most. I mean, you can feel that things aren't right. Maybe at your job, if you oversee a, a group of people in your company and you're at the director level and you just feel like you're not hitting the numbers, you're coming up on the close of another quarter and we're just not there. You call a meeting with your employees because they're out of sync with the vision and mission of what your company is supposed to be doing. Or you just don't feel like you're on the same page with a close friend or your spouse. You know, the other day, um, Kelly and I connected our, our computer to, uh, at, we have Apple TV, and then from Apple TV, we're going to show Kelly's uh, iPhoto or photos up on our TV. Kelly has 10,654 photos um, just from last year up on her. No, not that bad. But there's a lot of photos. So we got that working yesterday and, or the other day, and we're, and we're, and we're clicking through. And, and if you've ever looked at old photos that you haven't seen in a long, long time, you just start laughing. Sometimes you stop and you tell a story. And it was just a really good time until we both came upon this picture. So here's the story. This is my son, Nathan. My son, Nathan, is now 24. Um, but this is when he was like four or five years old. And when this picture came up, you would think that we'd be like, aww, because it's kind of a nice picture. He's a cute little kid. We had hives when we saw this picture. And let me tell you the story why. So one day, Nathan was at school, at, at kindergarten, preschool, whatever it is. And um, it was later, later in the day, so we were expecting his bus to come home. Neither one of us were home. We were looking at a house. We were just about to move. We were looking at, at a couple of different places we were going to move into. And so as we were leaving, looking at this showing, Kelly and I, we don't know what happened, but there were two things we had to do that both of us had to cover. One of us had to go to the store to pick up whatever it was. The other had to get home to meet Nathan at the bus because nobody else was there. And we didn't have a plan as to whether nobody would be there and he got off the bus. So I take off thinking that I'm supposed to go to the store, 
Kelly takes off, thinking she's supposed to go to the store, and we show up at the store together, and we're like, we just lost our kid. We lost our child. So we, we totally out of sync, total miscommunication. I was probably wrong to admit it. Um, we ran back, and Nathan was cool. He was like, he, he told us as a young kid, he said, yeah, nobody was home, so I went over to our neighbors, and they had me eat cookies and milk until you came home. I was like, here we are sweating it. But have you ever lost a child? I mean, it's scary. You get that feeling. And that's what we had. Panic had set in. But here's the sad thing, and this is kind of why we had hives. We got into a big argument that day. Because thinking back, we argued more about we were concerned about who was right rather than the loss of a child, right? Loser parent right here, both of us. But we were out of sync. We didn't communicate correctly. And you know that feeling. You know, maybe, maybe for you today here at Christmas, maybe being out, you're, there's an area of your life that is out of sync that's more serious um, than... Uh, than our situation. Maybe there was a routine checkup that revealed a devastating diagnosis. Or the, the argument with your spouse or friend is just kind of the final straw. Or maybe the consequences of your life decisions has caused your life to feel out of sync. And the decisions that you're making or you've made just even this last year weren't the greatest decisions. You've overspent, you've overeaten, you've overdrank, you've overyelled. You've overindulged, and now that person, that relationship is, well, over. Or sometimes life gets out of sync because somebody else did something in your, uh, to you, and it had nothing to do with you. Maybe you've had a close relationship evaporate because of a poor choice that the other person has made. Being out of sync, it's not a great place to be. And the funny thing is, is, the story of Christmas, what happened in the nativity, what happened surrounding that whole story is an unsynced story. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense in the way we would think God would send somebody to save the world. I mean, think of Mary. She was just this young teenager at, at the oldest. She's visited by the angel of God, and she was told she was highly favored and that she would be pregnant with, with the Savior of the world. She goes and tells Joseph, and Joseph plans, they're just evaporated. What was he going to do? He was out of sync. His plans were out of sync as soon as Mary told him that he was pregnant. I mean, he thought life should go one way. All of a sudden, it, it, it is going the other way. In fact, Joseph made plans to end the relationship because... This wasn't how his life, how their life was supposed to be. And to Joseph, think about Joseph hearing that his fiancée was pregnant. He made, and he, he made the jump probably that she had a, made a poor decision and became pregnant. And he had his heart set on letting the love of his life go. But that night, as you know the story, Something amazing happened. And that's where we pick up the story in Matthew uh, chapter 1. It says this, But that night an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, him, appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the one conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
You see, the name Jesus is actually, an old, is actually a newer version of an older name, Joshua or Yeshua. And in the Old Testament, in the history of these people, Joshua was the one, not Moses, but Joshua was the one who actually brought the people over into the promised land. And so in New Testament now, or in, in the newer area, era, the angel said Jesus because Jesus now was going to bring people into the promised land. He would save people from their sins. You see, purpose for Christmas is for God to send his son Jesus to save people, to save you, to save me. That's, that's why we're here. That's the purpose of why we're here. And what's really fascinating is there's another guy that, that showed up on the scene a little bit later than Jesus did. His name was Paul, and he wrote a lot of things wrote a lot of letters to a lot of different people and different groups. And one of those groups of people, he drilled down on the difference that Jesus makes and why Jesus synced us up with God. And here's what he says in one of the letters it's called Second uh, Corinthians. He says this, We believe that Jesus died for all. We also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Jesus, who died and was raised for them. This means anyone who belongs to Jesus has become a new person. The old life, with all its trials, with all, or with all its, its feelings of loss and guilt and shame, the old life is gone. The new life has begun. Wouldn't, has begun. Wouldn't you want to start new, in, start new in different areas of your life? And the great thing is, is God gives it to us as a gift. All of this is from God, Paul continues, who brought us back to himself through Jesus. And this is the key thing. This is the key verse, especially for this Christmas, as we're talking about being synced up and what Jesus did in syncing us up with God. For God was in Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, syncing the world, syncing you and me back up with God. And how did he do it? God doesn't count people's sins against them. Maybe you need to hear that today, this Christmas. God doesn't count your sins against you. It's hard to fathom, isn't it? Because all of us sin. Raise your hand if you've never sinned. I'm not, don't raise your hand. If anybody raised their hand, I've got counseling appointments through the week. All of us have sinned. I've sinned. I continue to sin. You continue to sin. But God says, hey, there's consequences, but I love you. I'm not going to count those against you. Come to me. Be with me. I'm drawing you to me. Paul continues, for God made Jesus who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God. How? Through Jesus. That's why Christmas and, frankly, Easter it's such a huge, huge deal because it's the starting of you being synced back to God. Because of sin, we're, we're, we're unconnected. You know, it's like, it's like Clark Griswold. Remember that scene where he's like, mm, you know, I don't know where that came from. I just kind of popped into my head. Actually, I did look, this is total sideline. I did look at playing that clip because if you, it's a great clip, but that's copyrighted. I'd get in trouble. So anyway, God synced you back up with him. He synced us 
back up with him through Jesus, who he sent for you. Nobody else, no other name. It's only through Christ. In fact, we sing about that in some of our Christmas hymns. One of them uh, was from um, Charles Wesley. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinner reconciled. That's the message. The two actors in Christmas ultimately are God and you. You're not just spectators in a play. Jesus came to earth to engage you in a loving and peaceful relationship. That's what Christmas is about. Because I don't know if you knew this, but this is the one thing I want you to walk away with today. God sent Jesus to you because God is for you. Say that with me. Ready? Go. God sent Jesus to you because God is for you. Because of Jesus, you have great value and your life matters. Because of Jesus, you've been reconnected with God, the God of the universe. And you know the verse, for God so loved the world, God so loved you, that he gave, he offered his son Jesus to you. And whoever believes in Jesus, um, whoever believes that he suffered a criminal's death on the cross and rose again, God offers eternal life, free There's nothing you have to do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. And he offers that not because you might be a good person or because you might not be as bad as somebody else. But God offers his best to you for free. And that's what God has done. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. Come and see what God has done. He has sent Jesus to die for you. And... He's calling you now. And so in a moment, we're going to stand up and we're going to just pray to God. And this isn't about um, the person next to you or, or anybody else in the room. It's, be, it's, it's between you and God. And while we all have sin, like I said, and, and, and all of us, some of the sin people know about, much of it, it's just you. But God is calling you to, to accept Christ for the forgiveness of that sin. He loves you. He wants you to be synced up with him. That's what Christmas is all about. And so as we gather our hearts and we gather our, our, our time right now, we just go to the Lord this Christmas and maybe something new is going to happen. Maybe, maybe there's something that's new as you're thinking about who God is that you've never thought about. Um, I'd love to talk to you about that after the service. But right now, let's go ahead and stand and let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we offer ourselves to you. And for those of us who um, have our lives, you know, because of, of your grace and your strength, our lives seem to be synced up. Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks for that. For those of us who are struggling in a certain area, maybe the area is we're just first understanding your love. Holy Spirit, I would just ask that you would, just in a personal way, impact our hearts in that way that we by faith can reach out to you and say that we're sorry that we surrender that we give the authority of our life to you and so father we thank you for this moment where we can celebrate and we can praise you because of the birth of your son the savior of the world jesus it's in his name we pray and all of us said together amen